Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it, episode 122 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Count me out, I'm counting my bullets, I'm loading my clips, I'm writing down names, I'm making a list, I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit. The real one's been dying, the fake ones is lit, the game is off balance, I'm back on my shit. The Bentley is dirty, my sneakers is dirty, but that's how I like it, you all on my d- I'm all in my bag, as hard as it get I do not store powder, I might take a sip I might hit the blunt, but I'm liable to trip I ain't popping no pill, but you do as you wish I roll with some fiends, I love them to death I got a few mil, but not all of them rich What good is the bread if my is broke? What good is first class if my can't sit? Welcome back, quick turnaround from last episode It's episode 122 for the love of the game Not a whole lot to talk about in the monologue So we're going to keep this super quick The Yankees continue to win After their sweep against the Minnesota Twins Where the Yankees Always kick the crap out of the Minnesota Twins. They won again last night against the Braves. Really nice win. Tough uh, four-game stretch against Oakland, but the Yankees are playing great baseball. I mean, they won nine straight games. Unbelievable. The Mets look like they are dead man walking, and we'll see what happens at the end of this month, considering their schedule gets a little easier, but not looking great for the Mets. And, of course, as I recorded Episode 121, talking about the Jets. The Jets suffer a brutal injury to Carl Lawson, their best defensive player, a prize free agent. The talk was about how great he looked at camp, how he was dominating. So really tough break for the Jets, who, even if they weren't going to win a lot of games, he wanted to see them progress, he wanted to see confidence. But then again, Zach Wilson has looked really good in the preseason so far, two games now. The game against the Packers, he was... Really impressive. I know it's preseason, but at least there's a little bit of optimism on that front for the Jets. But rough, rough break for the Jets um, is what it is. Injuries suck. Uh, that's basically what I got so far. Uh, I recorded a segment with a recurring guest about the Giants and a little bit of the NFL at large. So we're going to jump into that in just a matter of moments. I mentioned it last show. It's that time of year. We talked about the Jets Last week with a little Bachelor in Paradise sprinkled in, but now we got to talk about my favorite football team that plays in the metropolitan area, uh, the New York Giants, with a recurring guest, uh, one of the smartest Giant fans I know, one of the smartest football fans I know, Mr. Shai Elberger, somebody who I plan on seeing Wednesday night for a little pickup hoop for the first time in a while. Shai, what's good, bro? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, starting to stretch for Wednesday. And um, I think since I was on this podcast with you for the first time, the Giants probably have the worst record in the league. So they um, in fact, you know. do have the worst record in the, <laughs> the last four years. So, um, yeah, you put the kibosh on the Giants. We're going to turn it around. This podcast will see the lows and the highs at some point. So uh, let's start right there, because I, I know you. I can't keep you too long tonight because you got to continue your stretching regimen for Wednesday. Um, Giants outlook. So what's the pulse of the Giant fan right now? Uh, Any excitement? It it just seems to me like there's just a staleness over this organization right now. It's kind of like, you know, fans are like a little ambivalent towards the team. And uh, what what say you? So I think there's – there's uh, the pulse of the fan base seems to be more mixed than it has been in past years. And I think that's because of some newfound optimism and hope going into this season. Uh, But there's definitely 
a large camp of fans who I think just have no confidence in the offensive line or Daniel Jones or Jason Garrett or a combination of all of the above. And so, you know, and, you know, they just to be kind of glass half empty, it's like, oh, and Kenny Galladay is injury prone and Kadarius Tony's already a bust and just, you know, don't really see any, any of the good pieces. So there's definitely a lot of, a large part of the fan base who's thinking four five or six wins. Um, I do think there is this growing part of the fan base. I think for this upcoming season, that is definitely more optimistic and hopeful and expects to win the division and expects to make the playoffs. And, you know, their kind of reasoning is yes, the O-line, you know, could be bad, but, you know, hopefully it is, it's improved from last year and Saquon Barkley's back and Kenny Galladay was added and they got Kyle Rudolph in the red zone and Kadarius Tony will eventually become like a really good playmaker. And, um, you know, just adding those four pieces alone to the offense, like maybe masks some of the offensive line deficiencies. So, and the defense, I think really everyone agrees is pretty good. Like it really should be top 10 this year. And so, you know, there's a lot of hope for, you know, a a, a 10 win season, I think. Um, And then there's a third camp, which is the one I fall into the level headed uh, objective fan base who thinks their defense is actually elite, perhaps maybe top seven, uh, which I do. I think the Giants really could have the best secondary in the NFL. And I, you know, I just, I, I, I'm not expecting the offensive line to be good. Uh, Maybe average is is perhaps the ceiling. Um, But I think if they hit that average ceiling, as you know, like I, I kind of like Daniel Jones. Um, I do think he, he has some really good skills. Um, so, you know, I, I think they, they would fall into the, you know, eight, nine, you know, maybe their ceiling might be 10 wins, but I think the eight or nine win range is what I'm expecting and hoping for short of that. I'll be pretty disappointed. So let me ask you two questions. One, uh, does the initial schedule, like the first month and a half for the giants is, is kind of tough. Does that scare you off on your prediction for, you know, possibly getting to nine, 10 wins. Uh, and two, if I said to you that this was kind of like a, you know, a win-win for giant fans in a sense that if Daniel Jones actually makes, makes a leap, right. Makes a leap and they, and they win the division. That's great. If they bottom out great, he's gone and Dave Gettleman's gone. And that's what a lot of the fan base wants anyway. Uh, what would you say to that? Because I, I kind of think the Giants are in a similar situation as the Jets, where it's like I don't. It's kind of like a, a gravy season in a sense because they'll get some type of outcome they want. So I would say a couple of things on that. First, just at a high level, I do think there is some merit to that line of thinking. I would sooner, I think, compare it to maybe the Jets last season. Where it was right. okay, yeah, it's Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold takes that step, that's great, uh, or he doesn't, and we all hate Adam Gaze anyway, and he'll get fired, and that's obviously how it played out. For the Giants, it kind of goes back to I think I touched on this in our draft preview episode where we were talking about the offensive line, and I was personally not in favor of drafting a lineman in the first couple rounds, 
And my reason being was Gettleman drafted Andrew Thomas last year for overall. Uh, Matt Parrott in the third round, Hernandez in the second round a few years ago, um, and Shane Lemieux was a fifth-round pick. Basically, he drafted all these guys, and I wanted them to play to either prove that they are good enough and will improve as a unit or that they just aren't good. He drafted bad players, and the offensive line sucks, and that goes directly back to Gettleman. And if the offensive line is as bad as it could be, then I really don't see Jones having a successful season. And then I don't see the Giants really having a successful season. Um, so, like, yeah, those two outcomes. Obviously, I prefer Jones to play well. The offensive line makes strides and the Giants go 10 and 7. Uh, but if they don't, none of that happens. And the Giants go 6 and 11 or, you know, they make a one-game improvement. They go 7 and 10. I would really struggle to see a scenario where Gettleman kept his job. And then, of course, you're bringing in a new GM who's going to want his own quarterback and the Giants will have two first round picks and the writing's kind of on the wall. So I do see the merit to kind of thinking, I think the worst case scenario is kind of in that in that like middle purgatory area where it's like they go eight and nine. Jones plays well, but he got injured. So he only played 11 games and, you know, Galladay missed five games. And so you don't really got a, a good read on Jones. And it's like you don't really know what to do. And then, you know, Gettleman's got excused because Jones got injured. And it's like, it's not one way or the other. So that I think would be worst case. So, right. yeah, I, I think the two well, ends hold of the on spectrum. One second. If you, even in that case, and they don't make the playoffs, you don't think that regardless of injury situation, you don't think that if they don't make the playoffs that he's out? I, Gettleman, I, that is. Jones, right. So, not. yeah, like at a high level, well, I think if there's a new GM, um, I, I can't, quarterback. yeah, I can't think of a scenario where like Jones played so well, but Gettleman gets fired and the new GM like wants to keep Jones. Um, yeah, I don't, there's just, you know, I think that's why John Mara didn't, when he spoke this week, didn't really make like the playoff mandate. He said he expects to win more games and make the playoffs, but like, okay, every GM says that of every team every year. Um, because there could just be so many factors and variables, like, Again, let's say Jones like breaks his foot and misses seven weeks. So like, what you gonna blame Gettleman for Jones getting injured? Like maybe it would be his third straight year getting injured, or you just have some other catastrophic injuries. Like Saquon missed the whole season last year. Let's say, you know, Leonard Williams, you know, God forbid, misses you know a lot of time, or are there other really good players? And just like you know, kind of shit hits the fan. Part of my language. Um, just things can happen where they would kind of not want to fire Gettleman um, and, you know, run it back. Uh, again, a little hard to see, but like, you know, you don't really know what could happen until it happens. I just. It's, I, it's hard to believe it would be pretty frustrating. Yes. I, I just, I can't imagine that if they miss the playoffs, I don't care what the scenario is that Gettleman's out because, you know, as we mentioned before, they have, the worst record the last four years. Like at a certain point, you don't get more chances. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But um, you know, you never know. So so let let's say that let's say in the in the crazy scenario that, that Gettleman's out, but they want another look at Jones, right? They want another look at Jones. Maybe it's because of what they think about the quarterback prospects of next year or just where they fall in the draft position. I mean, I know they have the extra 
the extra first round pick uh, from the Bears that they traded back this year to go get a guy. But let's say they don't love any of the prospects, right? What do you need to see from Jones to tilt that iffiness in his favor? Like, is it is it a higher completion percentage? Is it just less fumbles? Like, what, what are we looking at here? I think, um, you know, the eye test obviously is going to play a large part of it. But if we're talking about numbers, I think he just has to put together a season with, like, normal-looking numbers. Like, I don't know exactly what it was last year, and I know he missed a couple games. But I think he threw, like, 11 touchdowns last year. Like, that's not, that's not NFL – quality that's not nfl standard of of a stats for a quarterback like and the turnovers as you said would obviously be another factor is he still he has the most turnovers in the league since he started playing does he have you know another 15 turnover season does he cut it down to to 12 does he cut his fumbles down to three um so you want to see improvements in those areas if he's having another season where he's got you know nine fumbles and, and 13 interceptions then you're kind of like, all right, he's been working on this now for two years in a row. It hasn't gotten better. It's just maybe it is what it is with him. Um, I think the touchdowns will just, it will come. That's kind of a factor of the offense or a product of the offense. Um, I think the, his rushing uh, is a big, is a big part of that. And I hope they continue to run those, those QB uh, design runs. Uh, but I do, I just don't think a new GM is going to come in. Uh, given the scenario where a new GM would come in and keep Jones. So I think him and Gettleman are kind of tied at the hip. Uh, and if, if kind of Jones plays well, again, like the eye test, uh, then you have a lot of confidence in keeping him. Um, one other thing, I, I didn't actually answer your other question with the, the schedule start. It's, you know, <laughs> they've been like 0-2 for basically every year besides 2016. They're usually like 0-5. These first two weeks, the defenses are very good. They play Denver and Washington, but neither team is like a powerhouse by any stretch. They are, the Giants swept Washington last year. I know they have Fitzpatrick. Um, and Denver is not projected to be a playoff team. So you do have an opportunity here to start out, you know, 2-0. Uh, they play the Falcons week three. Uh, I think we all agree they probably will be trashed this year. So, I mean, three and oh, you know, my theory on the Falcons, we'll get to them in a second, (laughs) but it's not like they're starting the season with the Rams chiefs and bucks. And it's like, Oh, great. We're going to be, you know, Oh, and four again. Um, They do. I think week one home against Denver really is like as much of a must win as a week one game can be. I was about uh, to know, ask you that question. Is that like, like the turning it, it's, point? They have one? to win. They have to win that game because they have a quick turnaround Thursday night at Washington. You know, I'd like to think they could win, but definitely a losable game. So you really, you know, if I, they really do not want to be 0-2 again. Uh, you, just, you just put yourself in that hole. And then with Atlanta week three, you know, even if they come out of those first two weeks one and one, then you hopefully go to two and one and then, you know, you know, we're in October and we're in business. I think that week one game against Denver, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, I get that they have Von Miller and Chubb, which is, um, you know, obviously a very tall task for the offensive line week one, but that is a winnable game. The Giants uh, might be favored by a point or two, but. Last I saw that they were, they were a one point dog at home. 
Nah, one point dog. That would be all right. I'd, I'd take the Giants there, but they they should win that game, uh, and I think that's a really important game to win. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think um, I think week one, and you know you we always say that week one super important. You try not to overreact to week one, but I I do think for this particular season for this particular team that it it really is like a make or break game for them. Uh, just just confidence wise in the quarterback, confidence wise in in just the offensive line, which we're going to get to in a second. Um, you know, they, they just need to take care of business at home. I don't care if it's ugly. I, I mean, Denver, and we're going to get to them when we do over-unders. Um, like, You're I, right, by the way. I see Denver is favored by one or two, depending yeah. on where you look. Wow, I mean, no that, respect that, for that's, the that's pretty damning. But I, I, no, no you know, respect. You do, you do like the home dogs in general. They've, they've done well against the spread over the years. So if I was putting in a bet right now, I'd probably take the Giants even though, as we've learned from the Sopranos, you never take the Giants. But anyway, yeah, I, I do think it can go sideways for them quickly because Washington, as much as I don't respect Washington, it is a division game, and then all of a sudden you're 0-2 again, and then it's the same and, shit, different day. And what's what's worse is that if they lose the, those two games, I would think that a big part of that was probably each of those teams' pass rush. And so not only are you starting 0-2, but you're, you're – uh, you know, reasons for concern have come to fruition right out of the gate. Um, I yeah, must, the only well, thing I could say about Denver being favored is the media just must be uh, buying into this Pat Shermer revenge game. He's a bum ass. <laughs> I don't buy crap. He's a bum. Um, so let's talk about the offensive line. All right. You're way more plugged in uh, to, you know, to Giants news and what's going on. Obviously I don't, watch preseason football. I don't take any stock into preseason football. Uh, the Jets, you know, defensive line kind of had their way with the Giants offensive line in week one. I don't even know what happened today. I, I think they lost 17-13. I, I don't really care. Um, what are you hearing about the Giants offensive line? So, you know, one thing they might be misconception for last year um, and and I, I, you had written that in, in one of your notes to me was their run blocking. And they were actually a very average run blocking unit last year. And that's without Saquon. That's with Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris and Devontae Freeman. Um, I, I looked it up before the call because I knew they were somewhere in the middle. But the Giants actually were 14th in the NFL in rushing. Uh, a lot of that, obviously, is actually Daniel Jones, who may have – led the team in rushing, though I do not quote me on that. Um, and they were 13th in yards per carry. So, you know, I'm not going to take Jones out of the equation because a lot of teams have quarterbacks that run and account for their yardage. So mm -hmm. 13th and 14th is, you know, very middle of the road, you know, not bad. If they were 13th in, you know, pass blocking metric, however that gets measured, that would be a huge improvement. And I think if that actually happened, the Giants offense might actually look like a normal offense. Their issue last year was totally pass blocking. I think, you know, kind of almost all of their linemen or maybe not uh, Kevin Zeitler, who they don't have anymore, uh, were like very below average in the pass blocking metrics. And so that's really the improvement that needs to be made. I am certainly not ready to call Andrew Thomas a bust. I actually think his potential is 
is still there from what it was last year. I have very high hopes for him to becoming a very uh, legit left tackle. Um, the guards, I think, are the biggest uh, question marks. Will Hernandez now has gone on year four, and his rookie year was still his best year. Yeah, at a certain and, point with him, it's put up or shut up time. Right. Yeah, and like, I think this had is enough of this crap. He's he's moved from left guard to right guard, so they're kind of like I feel like when that happens, you're almost like let's just try him here, and if that doesn't work, then you know there's kind of no hope. It's I think it would be the last year of his contract if it's this fourth year. And Shane Lemieux, last year's fifth round pick, you know, by every metric was was very bad last year, and you just kind of like everyone along that line, you're kind of just hoping that they make improvement from one year to the next. Unfortunately, he got hurt right at the beginning of training camp. So I think he just got back to practice this past week, but hasn't played yet. So we haven't even seen him in game action. I would certainly not uh, form any opinion from the Jets game last week. They think the starting offensive line, A, first of all, the whole offense, like you didn't have Jones, you didn't have Saquon, you didn't have Galladay, you didn't have Tony. So it's just like the people you're playing with are backups. The starting offensive line played a couple series. There was... Actually, there was a Lemieux in play, so there was a, a backup there who I, we hope will never play in a game this year. Um, Kenny Wiggins is his name, I think. They, uh, Matt Parrott did get beat for a sack, for sure, and then I think was fine for every other play. So, I mean, I just, you know, you're taking a three-possession sample. I'm not really going to read into it. And today, none of the starting offensive line played. They all sat. Jones sat. No one – it was backups versus backups. So, again – the offensive line actually showed pretty well today, but it was, again, backups against the Browns' backups, so not really much to read into. Those first couple Hold on of one weeks, second. I know we spoke about this offline, but I want to put it on uh, for a second. Okay, okay. Yeah. Why I know are what you're the Giants say. treating Daniel Jones like he's Aaron Rodgers or fucking Tom Brady? And, I, and I'll include the offensive line in this. I, I don't care who they're playing against. They need game reps, like – why are and I know that you mentioned that you know they they had the inner squad scrimmage, the inner team scrimmage against the Browns this week, and it was first team on first team. But like practice reps aren't game reps. Like why can't why can't they play a series or two? Like is this too much to ask? No, I, I'm not like vehemently on one side of this argument or the other. All I am is understanding of their logic. And their logic is the coaches obviously place a great deal of importance and, you know, uh, you know, teachings and practice on these inter-team, you know, scrimmages or, or days in a row of practice. And if Judge and, and, and the Browns coach also, like none of those guys played either, feel that those two days of the Giants starters against the Browns starters for hours, you know, over a couple of days, was was you know way more significant and important and beneficial than playing again you know for a third day in a row uh, against the same team no risk of injury obviously then that's their decision to make they are going to play next week i believe all the starters are going to play uh, a half around the half and they oh, also man. have joint they also have joint practices with new england this week so it's going to be kind of the same deal with the browns they're going to play them uh, practice with them for a couple of days and then play them on Saturday or Sunday. Um, but they are going to play a half. I think 
you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a Belichick thing, a Patriots thing, although we've seen Cam Newton play in the preseason, although that is kind of a quarterback, uh, you know, competition. But there's clearly also some philosophy of which I personally, for years, I hated watching the starters play in the preseason. I'd get so nervous on every play that someone was about to get injured. Um, like Beckham, I always was so happy that they were holding Beckham out of preseason or when he did play, it was like, I'll just play him for a drive and like get him out of there. Um, I'm fine with, you know, ensuring that you have no, none of these preseason injuries that occur that, that derail your season before it starts. And it's not like, you know, the giants and, and the rest of the league, like start slow. I feel like every year anyway, when they do play, people are like, Oh, they're going to be so rusty in September. Like, Maybe it's because they get no preseason snaps. I, I understand. I understand the Beckham logic when he was there. Because he's a star, all right? Daniel Jones is not a star. Daniel Jones should be treated like either a rookie QB, like Zach Wilson, plays for the Jets, or like Cam Newton, who's trying to win a job. He's not good enough to get star-level treatment. So I I understand that logic, um, but if you're also making the decision to not play any of the other starters, what you're putting Jones behind these scrub linemen who are all that I understand that so I then understand. it's like so we're gonna play every starter but then like like that's not what they want to do obviously all I'll say this is also about preseason I think in the next five years maybe that's too soon we're eventually gonna be done with all preseason and be at an 18 game schedule and basically these team inter-team practices are gonna replace preseason uh, as a whole and the well, NFL will that, probably that sell. I, that I agree with. Because they'll probably sell sponsorships to these practices and air them on TV and make money that way. Yeah, they'll probably air them on like Amazon Prime because I can't right. imagine the revenue they're getting at the gate for these preseason games is is anything substantial that wouldn't be dwarfed by adding the additional regular season game with the bye week. But what? Did you did you see the hit Justin Fields took yesterday? Yes. So, I mean, we want someone on the Browns who's fighting for a roster spot to take a headshot at Daniel Jones. No, we don't. I no, we don't want, no, we don't. We don't but but also, like, you play a sport, like you can't be in bubble wrap. You know, when you play a sport, I, I, injuries stink. They happen. Fluky things suck. Like, yeah. So it's it's risk management. That's all it comes down to. Let me ask you this before. Um, the uh, we mentioned the defense. The defense should be pretty good. Highlighted by the secondary um, linebackers, kind of eh. Um, I think the Blake front... Martinez is a baller. Yes, Blake Martinez is good, but the guys on the outside, in terms of their ability to cover tight ends, like that's been in a Giants Achilles heel for a while, and they just don't seem to ever want to address that high up in the draft. I think the front four should be pretty good. The, the defensive line is good. Uh, high, uh, sorry, obviously highlighted by Leonard Williams. Dexter Lawrence, I think, is very like underrated. Him. Very yeah, underrated across the, the NFL community. He, he's, I, I'm not saying I would have taken him with the 17th pick, given his position. Uh, but I do think he has Pro Bowl upside and is a really big disruptor. And I think, you know, this could be a season in his third season where he kind of like has that coming out party, especially if teams start uh, giving Leonard Williams more attention, double teaming him. Lawrence could make a pretty big impact. 
Uh, about he, had the, pay, the, he had pedigree coming out of Clemson. Like people yeah, were talking he, about him, player. like he was going to be a top ten pick at one point, if I remember. Yep. He, he he is good. He's definitely good. Um, and as about the linebacker, so we did take in the second round Aziz Ojulari, who yes. by by the accounts that I I follow has had a very I wouldn't say like an Elijah Moore level uh, training camp, but been very solid. He has not been injured. He's been making plays uh, in practice, did well against the Browns this week. And, you know, he's a rookie. So even Chase Young had, you know, by all accounts, a a monster rookie season, and they only had seven and a half sacks. So I'm not sure Ojulari is going to have, you know, a 10 sack rookie season. That's really a lot to ask. But I do think he has the potential to be our our top pass rusher and, um, you know, be that guy who's coming from the edge. And, and if that happens, if he does become that guy, that would obviously fill a huge void, probably on the defense. The biggest hole they have is the lack of a surefire pass rusher. I was, I was referring to not taking, you know, Micah Parsons staying where right. they were. Micah Parsons. I, I don't, have you watched hard knocks? I actually only watched the first. Uh, I wa- I've watched it. I mean, I, I know people like him. I, I just don't, you know, he's I, a head case. Know he's, a, he's a weird guy. Yeah, he seems like he's a weird guy, but he seems like he's super talented. Yeah, um, for sure. I wanted to ask, of, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, for covering the tight ends, I think, A, I do think actually last year was probably their best year within the last several at covering the tight ends. Um, well, and Julius I think, Peppers played a, a large role in that. In yeah, so like, I think that's part of the not, um, not related to Julius Peppers, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers, sorry. Um, sorry. But I do think in the secondary – so they're really five deep. They, they have uh, Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, and then the safeties of Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, and Xavier McKinney, who, in my opinion, I, I think by the end of the season, we are going to think he is a really, really good safety. I have, like, quietly very high on Xavier McKinney. And I think what that does is basically when they play the nickel uh, defense and Peppers becomes more of, like, a pseudo linebacker, and they have him or McKinney or Logan Ryan as the guy covering the tight end, I think that can work well. And they're not really relying on some of the, you know, crappy linebackers we've had over the years, like, you know, David Mayo and Devontae Downs and these, these slow pokes who are trying to cover tight ends. I think we'll use the secondary more in that regard. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. The, the defense is promising. It's the, it's the offense that makes me nervous. Um, we talk about the offensive line, but let's talk about the skill positions uh, for a second. Uh, we bring in Kenny Galladay. It's not my favorite, whatever. I, I don't know if Allen Robinson was really going to ever hit the market. I would have rathered him. Well, uh, he yeah. But ha- – how do we feel about this, this skill position? Uh, it doesn't sound like Kadarius Tony is uh, doing a whole heck of a lot that he's basically going to be used as a bit player for now. So it's, it's Galladay who's always hurt Darius Slayton, who he's fine. Sterling Shepard is fine. Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, he could be the best running back in football, but you know, he's, we, we got to see it now, especially because he's due for a contract. Well, where are you at with the skill position? Well, you also forgot a pro bowler, Evan Ingram. Oh, don't, oh, don't even get me started. Um, so started. I, that was, that was the worst pro bowl selection, maybe in the history of pro bowl selections. Um, 
I have been a big uh, Kenny Galladay fan for a few years. I, I like his game a lot. It kind of sucks that his biggest negative was his injuries and that he hurt his hamstring like already. Now it's, it's not a bad one. He may even practice this week. I think he's been running kind of full speed straight line um, and should be fine for the regular season. You just never want to see a receiver with like a lower body injury, like already before the season starts. So like I'm already preparing myself for him to probably pull his hamstring at some point in the season. Uh, the same thing goes for John Ross, who, I mean, not expect, wasn't expecting much or, you know, or anything really this season, but he's a really fast guy. He was out also having a really good training camp. And then he also hurt himself and he's been dealing with injuries his whole career. And it's like, you know, kind of what Gettleman said a couple of years ago was hurt guys stay hurt. And then he reversed on that by signing only injured players this off season. Um, so, but overall, like Slayton is good, right? Shepard is good, probably better than we give him credit for. Um, and Tony, man, I like 80% of the fan base has already labeled Kadarius Tony a bust, which is, I mean, just ridiculous. He obviously has not had the most seamless transition to the NFL uh, with a lot of different things that have happened. And you hope he's just not one of those guys where like little things keep on happening to them. Um, but I'm also not expecting too much from him as a rookie, just that he is used correctly. That's really all I want to see is that Jason Garrett utilizes him correctly. Overall though, like, you're adding from last year, you're adding Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Just those two is a huge addition to the offense. And if you look at the group as a whole, you know, Saquon and Galladay and Shepard and Slayton and Tony and Evan Ingram, who I'm, I'm just sorry to tell you, he is a good tight end. He had a bad season. And I really hope he proves me right this year, but he's good. And they have a good collection of players assuming they all are healthy. And if they're all healthy, then you're really just relying on the offensive line to make it happen. But I do think like, like, right. Jones, Jones doesn't have the excuse that he had last year, which was, you know, he's throwing to Dante Pettis and Austin Mack and, and, you know, Shepard's his number one receiver and Wayne Gallman's the running back. That, that excuse obviously will not fly this year. So I, I do like the, the the group of skill position players on offense. That's not really the, the question. It's even the the naysayers of the Giants will admit, I guess they're kind of down on Galladay and Tony, but, you know, it's really just no faith in the offensive line and Jones, not so much the receivers, running backs, tight ends. Is Galladay that much better than Marvin Jones? Uh, yes, Galladay is much, much better and a different type of receiver than Marvin Jones. I was just asking the question because I actually got like, into like fantasy football stuff. I actually really like Marvin Jones as a. Uh, a I do also. I do also fantasy he's, play. Yeah, he's. Um, but I mean, Galladay. It's like trying to think of a good comparison. Um, but it's like you know, is was Plaxico Burris better than like Mario Manningham? Not that Marvin Jones is better than Manningham by a long shot, but just like the different types of receivers. Galladay is, is, is a true number one tall, you know, jump ball guy. Marvin Jones is not that. 
All right, so before we go around the league, because I, I did want to touch uh, a couple of things uh, around the NFL as a whole. Um, over under seven wins for the Giants, and do they make the playoffs? What say you? I, because I, I'm, I'm thinking and expecting them to, to be in the playoff hunt by the end of the season, at the end of the season, I really feel like that 8-9 win is the sweet spot for them. Uh, if they didn't hit 8, I would be pretty disappointed um, and somewhat surprised. So I like the over on 7 because I do think they're going to be in that 8-9 range. Will they make the playoffs is kind of harder to guess because it obviously depends on a lot of things. If I had said, you know, under seven, but yes, playoffs. No, that almost happened last year. Um, but, you know, if you're, if they, if they go eight and nine, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm assuming someone in the East is going to win nine or 10 games or more. It's not, you don't have two historically bad seasons for a division in a row it would just be very unlikely. If they hit nine wins, I mean, I think you're talking about really a 50-50 chance now that there's a third wild card. You know, we see we saw nine and seven teams make the playoffs all the time. Uh, so nine and eight would be, you know, probably decided by like tiebreakers or something. Um, I, I think 10 wins is probably their ceiling. Uh, that would obviously be considered a very successful season and would 99% likely get you into the playoffs. Um, but, you know, will they make the playoffs? I don't know. It, it's probably 50-50. I just hope, you know, we're heading into week 17, week 18, and we're in the playoff hunt and, you know, we're alive. You know, none of this were out by Thanksgiving that we had, not last year, but the few years before that. That, that won't fly. I'll say this. If they um, – eight and nine wins I don't think is going to get a wild card in the NFC. And we're going to get into this in a second in terms of just going through division wild card winners. But – I, I do think the division will be, you know, the worst division in football again. Uh, I, I think they're going to run it back. I, I, and but that doesn't mean that the winner doesn't at least go nine and eight. Like there's right, not no, going to be a six right, and 11. So, so I'm saying, I don't think they're, I think they'll go over. I think they'll go over seven. Uh, but I do think eight, nine can win the division. Uh, I, I do. It's, it's a rough division. And I actually think that they will win the division. I, I know I, I chatted with uh, my buddy, uh, shout out to Danny Heifetz uh, at the Yankee game the other week. Uh, the, I should say the other day. Uh, and he's completely uh, out on this team. But, you know, the, the division hasn't had a repeat winner in years. Uh, yes. I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick at all. He's never made the playoffs. I don't understand why all of a sudden that's going to change now. Uh, I don't know what Washington was doing in the offseason and not doing something different at the quarterback position because, my goodness, I mean, they do have a good defense. And, you know, McClellan is a player. Uh, the Eagles are yeah, going to be like, They're going to be 14. That's what everyone thinks. I guess I think that also. But, like, Washington, like, their offensive line is, is good. And they have McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson and, and uh, Logan Thomas. like. Their skill position players, you know, in my opinion, are, are kind of equal to the Giants, uh, maybe a little worse, but, you know, they have a better offensive line. So we know Fitzpatrick kind of just like slings it around. 
I, I definitely feel like Washington could be where they're like, you know, five and two or like six and three and everyone's riding high. And then Fitzpatrick has this classic like four game stretch where he throws like three picks a game and gets benched. Well, there you go. I mean, and that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think they're going to win the division. So I guess we'll start there. We'll predict each division winner and the wild card winner. So the NFC East, I think I'm going with the Giants at eight and nine or, or nine and eight because I don't trust the Cowboys. The Cowboys, like their defense has to be better than it was last year. It's just not going to be that bad. And their offense is, is stacked, as we know. So I, I, if you told me that a team won the NFC East with 11 wins, I would say that would probably be Dallas, as much as I hate saying that. All right, so put it on wax. Are you, are you, are you picking Dallas to win the division? I am, yes. All right, so we differ there. Okay, so we'll we'll so we're starting with the NFC beast slash the NFC least. Uh, let's go to the North NFC North. What do you like in the North division winner? I think this one's probably the easiest one with Green Bay. I would I would agree, even with Aaron Rodgers throwing a tantr- temper tantrum, and we're not really sure why he's throwing that tantrum. <laughs> nah, nah. There, I think Minnesota will be uh, will be better than they have been, but Green Bay's going to win that division. Ooh, interesting. Make the case for Minnesota. So I have them as one of the wild cards. Um, I, I think, I mean, Cousins is what he is, uh, but in terms of, like, skill position players also, you know, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, uh, and I think Irv Smith isn't bad. And I just think their defense, for whatever reason, was just really bad last year, which is kind of out of character for Minnesota under um, – uh, what, what, Mike Zimmer, since he's been coached, they've, they've typically had pretty good defenses. And I don't know if they had just a lot of injuries or what happened last year, but it just, it was kind of weird that Minnesota's defense sucked. And I just think that if they, if the defense kind of gets back to what it's been prior to last year, I think they could win, you know, nine, nine games, 10 games, possibly. Interesting. I, we're, we may go heads up on, on that one because, uh, as we get to over unders, uh, I'm not a Minnesota believer, uh, but we'll save that for a second. So NFC South, I think this one's the second easiest division to predict. Yeah, uh, we're going to we both go have Tampa, Tampa right? Bay. Yes. Yeah, yes. we both have Tampa. They're they're bringing back their entire starting lineup from last year's Super Bowl team. I I, I can't see them not winning twelve games. Yeah, uh, I mean, right. Bar, I guess we always have to say barring injury, but barring injury, right, of course. There, there's no reason why they shouldn't win that uh, and, and probably try to get the one or two seed in the NFC this year. NFC West. I think this one's also pretty simple. Uh, so I don't think it's simple because I think this is the best division in football by far. I think all four teams uh, yes. are, are I would are agree with that. But I think there's potential. one team that's a cut above. I'm going to – I had the Rams winning the division. I, I do as well. Okay. Yep. I Rams, do, are, I do Rams are pretty good. I do as well. Uh, I don't know how they I, – I, I don't know how they're able to trade all these picks and fit these guys under the salary cap and whatever, but, you know, th- that roster's stacked. And, you know, people, people are loving um, Stafford this year. And, you know, this is by far the best team he's ever had. So if he's any bit as good 
as what his, you know, numbers say he's, he is. Like, I think the, the Rams are probably my pick to win the NFC all said and done. I mean, yeah, I, so I, I don't want to ruin the, the wild card picks, but, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if, I guess Arizona might might surprise me, but Seattle or San Francisco winning a division would not shock me. So we'll get so let's get to the wild cards because I had um, I have Seattle as a wild card. I don't bet against Russell Wilson. I have the 49ers as a wild card. And then that leaves one more. And the one that's going to surprise you, I, I think the Panthers could be a wild card team this year. So I, I don't mind the Panthers. I don't know enough of, of what they did on defense to improve it because it was not good last year at all. Um, but um, we also like we're assuming Darnold's going to be better than he was on the Jets, but we really don't know like how good he's going to be. It's not like you really ever liked Darnold, although maybe it was more of a product of being on the Jets. Um, so I like the I, coach. I I think Matt right. Rule is Matt Rule's yeah. good. I, I could see Carolina him. could win five games or nine games, somewhere in that range. Uh, but I don't have them making the playoffs. So who are your three wild card teams? So my three wild cards were Minnesota, Seattle, and San Francisco. Minnesota, Seattle, and San Francisco. Is there a, a scenario, excuse me, a scenario you can see that all four NFC West teams make the playoffs? I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury, but could you see it? I know they're going to eat up on each other, so it may not right. be possible. So that's what I, that was my first thought was what would those records have to be? Like is every team nine and eight or something like that? I'm not even – I guess there's got to be some uh, scenario where it's possible. So if I take out, you know, is it mathematically uh, possible or not? Yes, I could see that. I could see that happening. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because I'm – so as we transition to over-unders, um, we'll, we'll start with your under locks. I had about five. I wanted to narrow them down to three. I asked you for three, but I have about five. And All right. one of mine is the Saints at nine. I'm going under nine. That was one of mine as well. I don't trust Jameis Winston at all. Like, I think the defense is good. I don't think it's that good. You know, Drew Brees wasn't very good last year, but, you know, it's still Drew Brees. Uh, I don't trust da- Jameis. Taysom Hill, no thanks. Under nine for the Saints. So we agree on that. Yes. What are your, what are your other two under locks? Let's go with Bears under seven and a half. And this might be a a biased prediction because the worse the Bears are, the better the pick is that the Giants get. Uh, I guess we don't really know yet when Fields will start. Um, But if it's not week one, which I guess uh, Nagy said yesterday, Dalton was definitely the week one starter. Uh, let's say like in a normal situation, they would make the switch because the bears are on some sort of losing streak. So I feel like I'm building that into the equation where we know a losing streak is going to happen. But really like who do the bears have? Like they have Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and 
like Darnell Mooney and their offensive line is trash. And so I, I Mooney I mean, gets open, deep. by the way. Yeah, I know. He I know. Yeah, he's not so bad. open and they can't get him the ball. I, I, is their defense like still an elite defense? I really am not sure. I feel like it was good last year, but it's good, good enough. Um, so I, I just think, you know, and being in the division with Green Bay and I think Minnesota will be better. I just had the Bears under seven and a half. And then the other one was Atlanta Falcons under seven and a half. We're, which, in agree- we're in agreement there. Yeah, I would be pretty surprising if they were in like the playoff hunt come December. So I like the Bears play. I like uh, Atla- the Atlanta play under seven and a half. A couple, uh, two others. We differ on the Vikings. I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I've gone to the well with him too many times, um, but I like the under nine there. Uh, but I don't think that'll be my lock. So, so far the saints, I have a lock Atlanta's a lock. Um, the jets, uh, I mean, there are a lot of unders. I really like the jets under six. I really like, I like the Steelers under eight and a half a lot. I like the Jaguars under six and a half a lot. And I've like, seen, uh, yeah, God. And I like Denver under eight and a half a lot. That's a lot of bad teams you're picking. Uh, yeah, in NFL. I just think there's a lot of bad teams. <laughs> um, I've seen where it's obviously related to the odds that you're getting, but that Jacksonville has like a very good value to win the division. <laughs> I don't personally see it. Uh, but I also don't follow college football, so I don't. I'm not attuned to the greatness of Urban Meyer if he's so great or not, or yeah, Trevor and, Lawrence and really Trevor for that matter. Lawrence. Like, I mean, I like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence as a fantasy player this year. Right? Does he? Uh, is he mobile at all? Yeah, he can move. He can move, he can from, move from the little that I've, you know, okay. that I've watched. He he's he's, you know, very mobile for a guy his size, and he's also they say he's the best prospect since John Elway. So like. Right. So the thing is, like, I was going to say, like, what if Trevor Lawrence is just like Peyton Manning? And like, then you would you say like, oh, Jaguars over six for sure. But even Peyton Manning went three and 13 as a rookie. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they would have a good season wins wise. Well, it, um, would, it, but, would, be the, it would be the Andrew Luck thing. If you think he's he can be Andrew right. Luck with, you know, the Carson Wentz injury to Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. Um then we, uh, you know, then then he can easily go from worst to first in that division. Uh, but if right. I had to do the three, the three locks, I have the Saints under, I have Denver under, and I have the Atlanta under. Those I are, yep, I don't, uh, I don't hate any of those. Uh, and the other one that's borderlining on lock status would be the Bears under and and Steelers under. Um, Oh, we, we, we before we do overs, uh, we got to do the uh, the AFC um, division winners and wild card. So AFC East, I think this is pretty clear cut, right? Yes, the Jets. All right, so um, I'm no, gonna take I... the Bills. You take the Jets. <laughs> nah, I figured as much. Ah, uh, yes, um, the Bills. Yep. In the North. Yes, I have uh, Cleveland. Interesting. Make the case. I think they are a team that's been uh, pretty steadily ascending the last couple of years. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is, is solid. 
They may have the best offensive line in football. They have two very quality running backs and Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They have two very quality receivers and Beckham and Jarvis Landry and even a couple other receivers who aren't bad. They have Austin Hooper. Um, is that? Uh, not Austin Hooper. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. Austin Hooper and Najoku. And their defense is pretty good also. They have Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. And they, have, they just have a lot of good players. And I think last year was kind of their like arrival moment where they made the playoffs and then they even beat Pittsburgh. And I don't see why they would take a step back. I also think their coaches is they got that one right maybe for the first time in a while. And so I just, I like what they have over there. There's not really any, any real weaknesses. Um, And as long as Baker like, isn't, you know, doesn't regress for some reason, I don't see why they, they wouldn't win, you know, 10, 11 games maybe. I agree with you. I agree with you. I like the Browns to win the division too. Um, AFC South. Tennessee. Um, And it's really just more about, you know, the struggle to make the case for the other teams at this point, I guess, Indianapolis, if you think, I guess Wentz appears like he'll be back week one, but I mean, Wentz was atrocious last year. We don't really know what, what he's bringing to the table there. Yeah. I, they, they have such a good roster outside the quarterback position. But right. I, just, so, yeah. I, I can't imagine them uh, replicating the success they had last year. And I and the Titans' defense, I think, is really bad, uh, like like bottom five, potentially bad. Uh, but their offense, just you know, Tannehill has been like, I don't think it's been really quietly, good. right? It hasn't been really quietly really good because I think that people, especially who play fantasy, know he's been really good. But, like, his last couple of years has been really, really good. Um, and Titans are just, like, not a national team or don't have a lot of national games. And he doesn't, I guess, have a lot of flashy plays. But, you know, the combination of Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones is, is pretty stacked there. It's – the concern is that what does Tannehill do without Arthur Smith calling plays? That's – you know, that's a concern, but I, I, I like the Titans there too as well. And in the West, I think we both have Kansas City, correct? Correct. Okay, so wild card teams. Who are your wild card teams? Um, this, yeah. is hard. Two, this is two hard. Of these are, you're, you're not going to gonna like. Three. So I think the one you, we may agree on is the Chargers. No, they weren't in my – they were not – one of my picks, but actually, I like the Chargers. I'm actually going to change that too. Uh, you know what? Chargers, that's one. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Herbert and Eckler and Keenan Allen, I think is, is very underrated. And Mike Williams isn't bad. They have a new coach, and their defense is also good. Uh, they, they got Bosa and Derwin James and some other yeah, people. But they're the Chargers. I think they're good. Something always goes wrong. I know, I know. Well, that's true. But um, I, had to, I, I originally didn't have the Chargers, and now I have the Chargers. So who are your so other the, two? The other two um, I have is, is Jacksonville, who I just made a case for. I, I don't know why I picked them. I don't actually think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I just – again, like, like you said, it was kind of hard to feel confident in, in choosing three. Um, and then another one, and I'm just going based on, you know, I trust some of the people involved, and I'm going to take New England. Interesting. I think I think they have a bounce back season. I think Belichick is uh, pissed that everyone thinks it was all Brady, and they're gonna they're gonna bring the Rockets this year. 
So I originally had the Pats, and I'm, I switched um, the Chargers for the Pats. Um, my other two wild cards are completely different. I have Baltimore, and right. I have the Dolphins. Yeah, Baltimore is probably a much better choice than the Jaguars that I did. So Put it I on made... wax. I love it. Put it on wax. <laughs> you're, you're riding for the Jaguars. I like it. Might as well bet I, I mean, it really half sense. at that point. I, I, I think that scenario would have to include like a Lamar Jackson injury, which I guess could happen. Um, but, you know, Baltimore is really good. I don't know why, how they would have like a seven win season. They have a good roster. They won't win a play. They won't win more than one playoff game because that's what Lamar Jackson does. Um, all right. So before we let you go, we talked about the unders, the overs. There was a lot less. Um, a lot less confidence in, in these overs. Um, what are your three overs besides for Jacksonville over six and a half? Uh, Green Bay over 10 and the Rams over 10 and a half. So I had the Rams over 10 and a half. I have the Bengals over six and a half. Green Bay is a good one. And I have the Bills over 11. Yeah, I typically get uh, you know nervous of choosing a high number to go over. Like you need Green Bay or the Bills to kind of win eleven or twelve games. Um, but uh, you know, the, you know, there's going to be a, a couple teams that do win that. So why not them? Bengals, I, I don't dislike. Um, I do like Burrow. Obviously, they have three really good receivers. Uh, Mixon, uh, their offensive line is is a big problem, and their defense, I think, also is not good. So the, you know, that might cap their ceiling, but it doesn't mean they can't win seven games. Uh, so I don't mind that. I like Joe Burrow this year. I, I think the Steelers are the worst team in that division. Now everyone, I feel like it's, it's very popular to hate on the Steelers because of how last year ended. Um, but their defense I think is going to be very good and they still have really good receivers and Najee. Well, has- they, they lost Bud Dupree. He went to Tennessee. Yes. They did lose Bud Dupree, um, although they didn't really have him. Yet. He got injured at some right, point. He got I don't injured. Know exactly so. was. Um, but the running back, like the first round pick, could be you know the next you know stud running back, first round pick, and yeah, people know, like him as a fantasy play. Not Deontay sure. Johnson is really good, and Claypool I think is really good. Uh, Juju is is also a pretty quality receiver, so they have pieces um, to put it together. Yeah, I just don't think Ben has it anymore. He may not, and that that's true. He may not, and that would derail a lot of their uh, hopes. I mean, Phil Rivers, gone. You know, our guy Eli Manning, gone. Um, ben is still around. I, I think Ben is very soon to be gone, too. Right. Yeah, uh, this could be his last year. All right. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be an interesting football season. The, um, the 17-game regular season kind of uh, – Kind of threw me for a loop, but shy. This was wonderful. Thanks so much for doing it, and I'll uh, I'll see you Wednesday. Get your stretching in. All right, well done. I'll speak see you to Wednesday. You. See you Wednesday. Right, bye. Right. Thanks again to my guest this evening, Mr. Shy Elberger, a great recurring guest, talking a little Giants, talking a little NFL preview. That's what it's all about. That's episode one twenty two. For the love of the game, take us out, Jake Cole.
I'ma give them something they can feel If it ain't about to swat them, give a Pistol in your hand don't make you real Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.